Hello, and the warmest of welcomes to the Scots and Us podcast from the American Scottish Foundation. My name is Jamie McGeehan, and I'm so glad you can join us for what is the 17th episode of the Scots and Us podcast. We're now just one week away from Christmas, and we have a fantastic episode as we are joined by Jamie Douglas Hamilton, who joins us to share his experiences all about the impossible role. Jamie Douglas Hamilton is an adventurer and an award-winning entrepreneur who tells us all about his experiences. Jamie, along with his crew, made their way into the history books with the first human-powered row across the Drake Passage, one of the most treacherous bodies of water in the world. Over 12 gruelling days last December, the open sea rower joined an international crew to cross the 600-mile passage of turbulent water that stretches from the southern tip of South America to the South Shetland Islands of Antarctica. So, Jamie, Looking thank you for joining us today. Ago, um, Jamie joins this is us now really, in conversation. Um, wonderful with to American have you Scottish with Foundation us. President um, Camilla Hill sorry, I'm going to start to again. Tell sorry, us all about the impossible. So, um, I'm so glad that we're joined today by Jamie Douglas Hamilton. Um, it's nearly a year ago that we met in Edinburgh, Jamie, and you had just come returned from this incredible row so this time last year you were just setting off can you tell us what was happening at this moment and uh what took you it what made you take on this challenge yes absolutely and thank you very much for having me uh it was actually two days ago exactly um where we left cape horn and this was to row across the drake passage at this time, nobody had actually rowed from South America to Antarctica. It was one of the world firsts that people viewed as being impossible because you've got a current that goes from west to east and as a fully looped current. It's the only fully looped current in the world. It's the most powerful current in the world. And that makes it very hard when you're trying to row from north to south as that current's taking you westwards. But you also have the Atlantic and the Pacific meeting at this choke point of a Drake Passage where you get the Antarctic Peninsula coming out and you've got the bottom of South America coming out. And so you've got, then you've got this huge amount of low pressure storms coming through, constantly hitting the Drake Passage. So it's known as the roughest uh, place in the world, the stormiest seas in the world and the highest waves. What makes it even harder is off Cape Horn, the continental shelf extends for about 70 miles, which means that you get waves that come very steeply and that's why you've had more people die off the coast of Cape Horn than anywhere else in the world. Um, so there's a lot going, going against us and it's very cold and it's, and it's very wet, windy and cold the whole time. Uh, so it was viewed as impossible and a group of us uh, wanted to see if it was or wasn't. And so... And when, uh, met, and when I met up with you, Jamie, and I had viewed a little bit of the footage that, that was on YouTube and different places, you told me that you had the early stages of frostbite as well from this row and how not all of you were able to get into inside the cabin if there was rough weather. Can you talk a little bit about this craziness? <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, it's, um, so uh, what we had was called frost nip and that's the stage you get before frostbite. 
frostbite is actually something you can't recover from. That's when your skin and your tissues are, are, are killed and they actually go black as a result and they will eventually go, get, gangre get gangrene. That's why they need, need to get removed. We had a situation where our fingers and toes were constantly cold and wet. And as a result, they went numb. And just very little blood goes into them. And over a long period of time of being cold, of being numb, what then happens is when you get back to dry weather, the blood then goes back into your fingers. And it's one of the sorest pins and needles feelings you can get. And one of the sorest bits is actually going back in the plane because the, the, the blood tends to swell in your feet uh, during that time when you're sitting down. And so I had to constantly walk around. I couldn't walk on the balls of my feet. It was just absolute agony. You're counting down the minutes to your offer flight. It was an 11 hour flight. Um, and it was, it was as much agony as the rowing. But, the, but Jamie, this wasn't your first row at all. So what has driven you to be this adventurer? Well, it was uh, a large part of it was what Grandad had done. And he was the first person to fly over Mount Everest in 1933. And we grew up in awe of this when we were kids. And we were so excited that there are still world first left to do. And years ago, I was really into running. I was going to run for Scotland. So I pulled my Achilles tendon just before. And so I got then back, went into endurance running afterwards and then got into rowing. And when I found out about this, it was one of the best feelings uh, that you could kind of go back to the fitness, you know, that I once, once had when I was training, uh, yeah, training when I was 18, 19. So you're, as you touched upon, uh, your grandfather was an early aviator and was the brother of the founder of the American Scottish Foundation. And as brothers, they, all three of them were very early aviators, weren't they? And all great adventurers. So you have an incredible family with a passion for adventure. Um, yeah. Now that was... you've accomplished this, what is next for you? Uh, yes, it was, well, just, just to go back to, to, to the brothers, it was very interesting because their father, Alfred, uh, was in a wheelchair. And as a result, they all became hugely active. And all of them did incredible things. Uh, David Douglas Hamilton got the, got the, you know, came, got the bronze medal at the Olympics for heavyweight boxing. They were all squadron commanders in the Second World War. Uh, one led the defence of, 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 lead defence of Malta. And incredible, what they did was, was really, really inspiring. And uh, what's next is there is another expedition planned. Um, we are looking at something in the Southern Ocean, uh, which would be a world first. And by this will definitely be the last because it takes a lot out of you. I lost two stone in the 12 days that we're out there. Uh, you're, you're rowing in 19 minute sessions. You're getting extremely cold and you're, you're almost borderline hypothermia. Um, so, I mean, the, the, there are huge risks to it, uh, but at the same time, this is something we're looking at doing and uh, about this time next year. Uh, so, and, you've, and with all of these, with these firsts that you've been doing, you've broken several Guinness Book of Records. But I am, I have to just preface that by saying, I'm glad to hear that you are realizing what, the, how dangerous these challenges are this moment. <laughs> Yeah, they, 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 anything can happen. Um, if you, I mean, one of the reasons we didn't get capsized during the Drake Passage is we've made a custom-made steel dagger board 
and that was much longer than you normally have but it meant that <clears throat> it gave us a huge amount of grip in the water and when a wave comes to hit you some of it's above the boat uh, but also the majority of it's below the boat so if it's hitting you above and below it's not going to actually capsize you it just kind of comes over the deck um, so we've just got to yeah, we've got to have the same thoughts and preparations as we had before. And there's things that we've learned from doing the first row, the Drake Passage, that we can apply to this next one. Absolutely uh, incredible. So uh, alongside this great wish to be an adventurer, you are um, a very astute businessman. Um, <laughs> well, it, um, in the last four years, five years, you have launched this very um, unique water company, Aptiva, that is now, can you tell us a little bit about this, the water and how it came about? Because it originated from an idea whilst you were rowing. That's right. So this came back from the Indian Ocean row and I wasn't in the water industry before uh, and I never planned to be in it. Uh, but this came when we were drinking nine to 13 liters of water every single day when we were doing our row uh, across the Indian Ocean. And that's rowing two hours on, two hours off. You burn about 10,000 calories a day. It's very physical. And after two weeks of doing this and drinking that volume of water, we'd flush the salt out of our system. So we were starting to hallucinate. We are starting to pass out in the oars, especially on night shifts. You had very little power in the water and you just felt exhausted and drained. And it was actually one person mixed the seawater with water. We were told never to do this, but it was actually one of the most powerful sports drinks we ever had. And the reason why is seawater is three and a half percent salt. Your kidneys can break down two percent salt, but not three and a half percent. So if you dilute it down to under one percent salt, it's brilliant. And we had every second bottle was one quarter seawater and the rest ordinary water. As a result, we broke the Guinness World Record by two weeks in the ocean, and that's because of how we hydrated. And then so I realized if, that, if this was so hydration is that powerful, what else can you do with water? So I researched water all over the world until I found in Japan that they've been ionizing water since 1965. And it was approved by the Ministry of Health during that time for people with intestinal problems. So this actually was a holistic treatment for people with Crohn's and IBS because alkaline water acts as an anti-inflammatory in the gut but it also stops the buildup of pepsin which causes reflux and it gets into your blood and your cells quicker. So from sports to, to athletics to general well-being to, to people looking for better gut health there was a huge amount of health benefits. In America it's now alkaline water is the fastest growing beverage category in the world and that, that I said about coming back from that raising funding, we had to build a plant uh, to, 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 to purify, add electrolytes, ionize the water, build a team, I had a marketing director of Coke, raise funding, we've now raised three and a half million, and we're now in 8,000 retailers in the UK and, and, and 15 countries, and are now in USA as well. I know, so you're going to be coming out to see us in, in the near future once we are able to be traveling a little bit more. Um, yes. when we look forward to that. We are very much looking forward to that. I'll be out in April, Tartan Week, and, um, and uh, multiple times throughout the year. So. All right. Well, we, we look forward to hosting you and continuing our discussion. And 
Um, also, we need to let people know where they can get hold of uh, this, your wonderful water. Uh, is there now a, dis there is distribution over here, isn't there? Can and we can buy it via Amazon, like everything, can't we? Yes, uh, uh, Amazon is probably the easiest place to, to, to get it, to, 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 to order it. Uh, but also we're in Texas and Central Market. Uh, we're in, uh, in, in um, California, we're in Ear One, uh, Bristol Farms, and a few other different accounts. And we're also speaking to a lot of the big, the big accounts, such as Sprouts and Whole Foods and HEB at the moment. So well, uh, I, yeah. this is exciting. So yeah. um, stay safe. I'm glad you're not going um, on any adventures for the next few months. You're, I know that you just got back and you, I'm sure your family will be glad to have you home over the holidays this year and not with the puffins in Antarctica, though it did sound rather <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> so, so we look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you very thank much. You. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much to Camilla Hellman, President of the American Scottish Foundation, and Jamie Douglas Hamilton as we explored the impossible role. Wasn't that absolutely incredible? Such an inspirational person. He really is an incredible energy. We're going to listen to some music now. Our Sounds from Scotland album. This is the brilliant Laura McGee with Always Tomorrow. Like time is running out All that hurry and slowing you down you spiral like a spinning wheel Turning in circles is how you feel If you could catch that man in the Sunny 
Absolutely wonderful. That was Laura McGee there with Always Tomorrow. We're so proud of this Sounds from Scotland album. Our artists are absolutely incredible and we really are so proud to be working with them. It's a fantastic record, a great celebration of the best new music coming out of Scotland and we're so pleased to work with all the artists. Next up we're going to hear from Shaz Martin. Shaz Martin is one of the 10 artists featured on the Sounds from Scotland album and this song Girl Daughter of Scotland is a powerful anthem. I think you're going to enjoy it. Marched a thousand miles, fought hard for our rights. Through history, we've played our hand, the great woman of this land. Heroism, we have seen Mary Barber's reign army, Jane Haining, righteous among nations. We are doctors, lawyers, mothers, footballers, first minister, boat laureate, we're on the move and I'm telling you, the glass ceiling's going, we're coming through. Rise up, eyes up, take the stage, play your game, don't be afraid. You're a work of our, our Jones of our, always be proud of who you are,
such a powerful, powerful song there from Shaz Martin. That was Girl, Daughter of Scotland, and really an incredible piece of music. What a great message. I'm now joining conversation with ASF President Camilla Hellman. Hi Camilla, good evening. How are you doing? How are you doing? Good evening. Well, I'm sitting in New York and um, it is... <laughs> It's such a, a Christmas week like no other, it, it, to be quite fair, isn't it, Jamie? Absolutely. It's wonderful that it's Christmas, but what an what unusual Christmas it's going to be. I know. I know. Very, very trying for so many. Um, but I really, my spirits were lifted so much hearing uh, Jamie Douglas Hamilton telling us of his historic row. I met him last January, as we just, as you heard, um, back in Scotland, and he'd just come off the road. So it was great to hear him in such good spirits, uh, but already planning his next huge adventure. Absolutely. It seems like there's no stopping him. And I just love <laughs> his energy. I love his drive. I love it. He's incredible. Incredible. <laughs> and it's very poignant hearing from Jamie speaking of his family, because, as you know, um, the American Scottish Foundation was started by his great uncle, who with his brothers, as he was explaining, were great adventurers and explorers um, and very early aviators. So it, it really has um, great poignancy to hear him speak of them in the way that he did. Um, but it's exciting to know that he will be coming over and we look forward to hosting him in New York then. It's um, been such a strange year as we look back on it. And so I'm very glad that our next roundup is going to be a look back and look forward into this new normal that we're in. Because even though we see this beacon of light on the horizon and the vaccines being rolled out, it's going to take time. And what I take strength from at this moment is that we are at least aware somewhat of what we're facing. And we've all been pivoting and using tremendous energy and ideas to find our way through this. And for ASF, it's meant our podcasts that we are now doing with you uh, twice a month, our sounds from Scotland that we're doing with live music from Scotland, our Zoom meetings. And now in January, though we'd hope to be meeting in person for a reduced Burns, we're going to do a virtual Burns night with the University Club. Trust for Scotland uh, Foundation USA with the Scottish government arranged that the Greg violin, the violin played by Burns's uh, dance teacher, on which Robert Burns probably, they feel, learned to play the violin, um, was with us in New York for the, our celebration. And we have that all on film, and we're going to make that a part of our celebration. And to have Alistair McCulloch playing that violin along with Noisemaker and with you joining too with some live music this year, Jamie, which we're very excited about too, because you have such a long uh, connection with the Burns the Birthplace Museum. I think we're going to manage to 
have a good celebration. A bit different, but definitely a celebration. Absolutely. It's going to be great. And I think we're making such a, a fantastic celebration of Burns in a very modern way, but it's going to be full of great music, cheer, great poetry, and it's going to be a brilliant celebration of the, the life and works of Robert Burns. Yes, and I think it can involve more people. Uh, you know, we can make lots of people who would not necessarily have been with us um, in person enjoy um, a really different virtual event. And that's one of the big takeaways I feel from 2020 is virtual events, virtual presence within a, uh, an in-person event is going to be happening going forward, that we're going to have both. And um, so we're becoming better filmmakers gradually, <laughs> all of us. And um, I'm just so grateful to everybody for all their support and help as we try to share our love of Scotland and help our community feel stronger um, during this very difficult times. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm very much looking forward to our Burns celebration and there are tickets available just now from the website at americanscottishfoundation.org, which is very well, exciting. Well, they're $25 for members, 40 if you're not, and then we're going to have a special menu that we're going to share um, of different places that we have uh, done um, the, for, for Burns Foods and also for whiskey tasting and different things. So um, lots, lots to get on with. But for right now, um, may I just wish everybody a very happy Christmas, holiday, Kwanzaa, whatever you are celebrating, and to stay safe and for us to try through our love of Scotland to keep our spirits high. Thank you. And to speaking shortly, Jamie. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. See you soon. Thanks so much. Thank you. It really has been a very unique year and one of great challenge also. Personally, this year, I've thoroughly enjoyed being involved with the American Scottish Foundation for our Sounds from Scotland online music concerts, our Scots and Us podcast, and our recent release of Volume 1 of the Sounds from Scotland album. The album is available as a download from iTunes, and it's also available on CD directly from the American Scottish Foundation. Visit the marketplace on the website at americanscottishfoundation.org to buy it. We're going to hear some music now from our Sounds from Scotland artists, a few tracks from the album and a few Christmas songs also. He provided our introduction today, it's Mr Alan Frew, with a lovely Christmas warmer. Have yourself a merry little Christmas from Alan Frew.
gorgeous. We've got a message now from Chris Andrucci, one of the brilliant singer-songwriters on our Sounds from Scotland album, sent to us just the other day. Hey guys, Chris Andrucci here. I just wanted to check in and say hey, hope you're all doing good. This year's been completely crazy, but I'd just like to say a big thank you to the American Scottish Foundation. You guys have been fully supportive of me and my career this year, um, so thank you. And because of that, I'd like to play you a little bit of a Christmas song that I wrote about a year ago. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. And yeah, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a snippet, but I hope you guys like it. And yeah, let's see. Waking up in the morning, yeah, I'm thankful for this life. I know I'm difficult sometimes. Who knows if I'm naughty or nice But today I hear the angels sing Hallelujah at the top of their lungs And it takes me back to when I was young Yeah, I've got my family and the presents And a ten-foot-tall fir tree been a while since I've been home in a place I'd rather be As the lights they shine brightly in the night In red, blue, orange and green And it's all topped off with a star upon the tree And it's all topped off with a star upon the tree Always oh, good to hear from Chris, Chris Andrucci, who has some new music out now. Visit his website, chrisandrucci.com, for more information. And now we're going to hear from more of our Sounds from Scotland artists. And now we're going to hear from some more of our Sounds from Scotland artists. This is Colin Hunter with Bicycle Cycle. Tired again, I 
She's got you tired, going weak at the knees. I can't, I can't go round again. The heat is drying on my brushes again. Colin Hunter there with Bicycle Cycle from our Sounds from Scotland album. And I know we're all really looking forward to the return of in-person live gigs again, live concert performances, but we really have been spoiled this year by some fantastic musicians from Scotland who have treated us to some really memorable performances on our Sounds from Scotland online concerts, and it's been wonderful. Personally, I'm so looking forward to next year till we can actually have these concerts in person and know we're going to have some very special memories to be made. Playing us out today is John Rush, the award-winning singer-songwriter from Paisley who features on the Sounds from Scotland album with his original composition, Merry Christmas. And on that note, a very Merry Christmas to you all and we'll see you soon. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye. (laughs) 